Welcome to the Only Women Entrepreneurs podcast, also known as O. I'm Rosemary Cescolini, your host, former high school teacher turned successful entrepreneur simply by pursuing an alternative career in manufacturing. Now I run O, an initiative designed to empower young women to explore careers in construction, manufacturing, and entrepreneurship. Here you'll discover inspiring success stories, also challenges that face women daily, valuable insights from all women who have become their own bosses and paved the way for generations of female entrepreneurs. I will also feature guests who are my clients, as well as women I've collaborated with on a variety of personal projects. I'm so excited to speak to our guest. Let's uh, get started right now. On today's show, I will be uh, speaking to one of my personal clients uh, who I've worked with on a number of projects. My company, Royal Door Limited, supplies her with unfinished products where she transforms them into award-winning designs that have been featured on the covers of magazines such as Homes, Magazines, Best of Ontario, and Upcountry Living. She is a visionary designer who has turned her passion for transforming spaces into a thriving career. Originally a real estate professional in Toronto, Karen's talent for staging her own listings sparked a love for design that couldn't be ignored, making a bold decision to focus solely on staging and later completing the interior decorating program at George Brown College in Toronto. She is the emerging force behind Karen Kolb Interiors. Today, her design magic extends to homes, cottages, ski chalets, country residences, and even exotic properties in Toronto, the Kawarthas, Collingwood, and the beautiful island of Barbados. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here. Hi, Rosemary. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> Let's start with uh, transitioning from a traditional career path to entrepreneurship can be extremely challenging for anyone especially for women. Can you share a pivotal moment or specific experience that inspired you to take the leap and start your own business? Or was there some sort of um, circumstance that uh, led you to become self-employed in uh, interior design? In interior design specifically, um, 100% you have more flexibility when you're working for yourself, right? right. And, um, you know, I do have a family, uh, and it's definitely, uh, you know, more flexible as in working for yourself than, uh, working for someone else, <laughs> you know, you can set your own hours, you can work as hard as you want, or as little as you want, take on projects or say no to projects, uh, depending on, um, you know, what, what you need for your own schedule. Yeah. Right. And now, okay. So those are all, uh, positive, uh, things for entrepreneurship. So what are some of the downsides and negative things that, you know, young women that maybe don't have the experience in entrepreneurship or even interior design, some of the pitfalls that they would have to uh, be weary of? Well, hundred percent is not a steady salary, <laughs> right? So uh, you don't know when the next job is coming in uh, that, that can be very stressful. So if you are able to ride that out periods where are, you're not as busy, um, then, you know, it's, then you're fine. Um, the one thing is running your own business, you do need to have that drive because I am working all the time on my business all the time. And if it's not actually working on a project, it's working on my business, you know, working on 
on my website or on the Instagram, keeping the Instagram going daily with the stories and everything else, you know, all of the marketing I do, right. Um, it is nonstop actually. Um, what's been, I have taken the, uh, interior design program with, sorry, business of design program with Kimberly Selden and what, uh, that her philosophy is, is that running an interior design business is 80% business and 20% creative, right? Uh, that's a lot. Yeah, for sure. It is. For sure. I mean, I work more on my business than working on projects, to be honest. So you have to understand you've got to work hard and you may not see the results right away, but it will come. Yeah. Just uh, something just to- I say to myself all the time is, Karen, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So just relax. Exactly. And uh, right. you've been in interior design for how many years? Uh, Running this business for four years. Four years. And you know, for me, that would be still the infancy stage. Yes. uh, Where you're going to probably micromanage uh, a lot of things yourself. But as you uh, scale your business... Um, and I'm talking from my own personal experience, uh, when, uh, I started off and I'm, I'm going back 30 years. So many of the aspects like production was dealt, um, with, with family members because it is a family owned business, but as demand grew, we found that it was more important for us to get out there and do the sales and marketing and leave the production to, um, individuals that were capable and, and that freed up my time. So that, yes. that would be um, something to consider down the line. And also in terms of, um, yeah, there's um, thin periods and there's feasting periods uh, during a business. And, and everyone should be aware, yes, entrepreneurship is very difficult uh, mm-hmm. and it's challenging. And yeah. it's not for the faint of heart. And, and that's why I even offer personal development uh, coaching, because you really have to have the mindset and the tenacity to continue, because we're all going to hit obstacles. And and um, I think one of the biggest obstacles we uh, had was uh, during COVID. And everybody was shut down except our industry. We were deemed essential. So yeah. we had um, our employees, they didn't want to come into work simply because uh, they were being paid to stay home. And then all of a sudden there was a surge in demand. And then we're like, oh my goodness, how are we going to sell, produce, deliver? We didn't have to market because um, we were just swamped, but we, we, we came down with a plan and it was like working seven days a week, 18 hours a day, but yes. um, doing those um, years, which was really good. Uh, you kind of save for a rainy day. And then when uh, the slimmer times uh, happen, you do have something in the bank to carry you through. So that would be, you know, my advice to to everyone uh, when they are in that business to, to put something aside for sure. Yeah, sure. And then also investing in your business on a regular basis. hundred uh, percent. Just keep um, going. Yeah. Like I mean, it's important, especially in our field is um, because it's so visual to have the website, to have the Instagram, to have the professional photos, to be doing the videos and all of that on a regular basis, keeping it fresh, uploading new projects, you know, all of that. So, so important. And I, I do spend a lot of money putting back into my business. And that is something that you have to deal with very early on. Um, is to get getting that out there is to invest in 
money into the business. And it's hard to see it like the earnings that you make <laughs> go into, you know, web design or whatever professional photos, stylists for those professional photos. It's a lot that goes in behind those scenes. And uh, so it is, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's not an easy road, but no, no, but it is a necessity, the investment, because if you're not investing in yourself and putting yourself out there, then uh, your, your competitors are doing that and they already have a slight advantage. So that that's the best way to yes. approach it. I, I agree hundred percent. Yeah. Um, so can you explain to our audience, uh, what your, uh, your role is on a, on a typical day for Karen Kolb? What, what do you do? Like, how do you interact with your clients, your trades? Uh, what does a, a typical day look for you, look like for you? Well, let's see. Today, I'll give you an example of today. Um, uh, Tuesday after a long weekend, I already had two phone calls from my contractors who are working on uh, different projects. So I have doing a project in Mississauga. That's a full house, 3,000 square feet. Of course, you know, I get daily regular questions from him. Where are we putting the shower head? This, that, you know, fine-tuned questions when we're in construction. So uh from him. And then my other contractor is doing a primary bathroom. He called me, I need to meet his team uh, to discuss the shower bench. Like we do, I'm doing a site visit right after this on that project. Um, I have Caitlin here, who is my junior designer, and she's answering emails that came in over the weekend. Um, information that needs to get sent to Michelle. She does all my drawings, any revisions that need to get made. Um, so I've got her up and running right now with uh, working on that end of things. And uh, here I am with you. And then um, I'm going off to the site visit after this. And then because I am also a mom, <laughs> I'm taking my 14 year old to the dermatologist <laughs> and then running some errands to get her ready for camp. Okay. Uh, and then I'll be back to my desk answering emails, that kind of thing, right? There's always revisions for drawings. Uh, maybe clients will be emailing me with questions. Oh, the other thing too, before I had this was a new client that called me. So I uh, had an intake call with her just before that. And she's got an urgent project that uh, needs to get started. Uh, they're starting construction in September. And this was a referral from uh, the actual um, structural interior designer firm that I work with. They referred me to her. So yeah, that's my day. That sounds like you interact with a lot of people. And, you know, my next question is, so how do you find it uh, dealing with uh, the trades? I know it's mostly male dominated. Uh, how, yes. do, how do males like, you know, I guess I'm assuming plumbers, carpenters, uh, how do they respond with uh, a woman boss? Uh, you know what? I think guys in construction are pretty used to, well, at least, okay, let's put it this way. My team is, are used to me, right? Right. I find if I go on to, um, if I, I'm on a project where it's the client's contractor and I don't know this contractor, I start a working relationship with them. It could go two ways. They could not like working with the female designer because they think we're, you know, have some designers have a reputation of being like, you know, a bit of a princess or, you know, not a good reputation and other contractors of course, all male, um, you know, are love our ideas and love working with us. I just 
for me, I try not to think of it as a male female thing when I'm on a job site. It's right. just your contractor, you know, this is the job that needs to get done and let's just stick with business, exactly. right? Exactly. That's a Most good attitude. Time, 90% of the time it's just straightforward business. Everybody respects each other and it's great. But I have had the odd time where a contractor really kind of gets his back up. You know, I was going like, to add, that was my next question. Right? So what happened when you, you met with some resistance and they just didn't want to re- you know, work with you? I've had those situations yeah. myself. So yeah. how do you respond to that? Or I don't. Do you- I just keep moving forward. I don't engage. I just, you know, I be professional. But do they continue on the project or, or yeah. do and then? Well, you have okay. to because you're working for the client. It's their contractor. Right. right. right? So, <laughs> so everybody's yeah. on pins and needles, but you're yes. trying to reach the end goal, right? I think when, once your personality comes through that you're right. professional, um, you're not a princess on site yet. You, you know what you're talking about and you're true. making their life easier in the end. I mean, right. we actually really do help the, obviously we help the contractor when a designer, when, when a good designer is on site or working on a project in, in correlation with a contractor, things run a lot smoother, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So for sure. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. Like uh, I think what has helped me over the years when I had to deal with uh, the male dominated uh, clients is I had to know all my information Mm -hmm. and I had to answer their questions so that they felt comfortable with me. They, they, once they realized that I was, you know, the, the real deal, and I was yes. able to um, recommend um, uh, products and also provide solution to some of the issues they may have had on on site. They kind of uh, began to respect me, and you know they ask for me now. If we we have male uh, salesmen, but no, they'll say, "Hey, is Rosemary in? I want to speak to her because she's worked with me in other projects and they've been um, very successful." So they gain confidence in you for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, my next question is, many women may hesitate to take this leap into entrepreneurship uh, due to the fear of failure. And failure is not just entrepreneurship. It's just failure at doing anything like playing a sport or uh, trying something new. So what advice do you have specifically for aspiring young women entrepreneurs looking to pursue a career in design or related fields? Well, uh, failure is something that is going to happen for sure. Um, but you would learn from that, right? So as I said before, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you know, I've had many failures in, in the last four years where you've made mistakes. Actually, I shouldn't call them failures, mistakes that sometimes cost (laughs) costly mistakes that, uh, you take those as lessons, right? So you learn from those and you'll never make those mistakes again. Uh, every day we learn, So I try and think about that anytime something goes wrong or, you know, you feel a little bit of a setback, um, that it's a, it's a, it's an opportunity to learn for sure. Exactly. And and Mm -hmm. I have to, uh, concur with that. Uh, there were Mm -hmm. some, uh, designs that, uh, I had come up over the past, uh, design myself and I thought, oh, they would be a, a great, uh, idea for are uh, for Canada or for North America. And I get a lot of my uh, design concepts from Europe. When I travel, I always take notes and I draw sketches. 
And yeah. I tried, uh, you know, introducing those types of concepts. And you know what? They weren't uh, warmly recepted. So I decided, okay, let's just figure out and stick to what works for our um, tastes and climate. Yeah. Running your own business is not for the faint of heart, for sure. No. But you got to keep going. Do you yeah. have any uh, specific example of um, something that you considered as a learning curve, shall we call it, instead of a failed experience? <laughs> It's a specific incident that happened. You want to hear all about it? Sure. I, I, well, we need to let our listeners know that this this uh, O podcast is women talking about the good things, the bad things, and things that could go wrong and the good things that can go uh, right. So let's be okay. honest about it. I'm trying to think of a way of how I can put this nicely is, you know, I guess in our field, we can't let clients push us around or change our system, right? Who don't, they are not professionals in the interior design business, right? Exactly. And we are, <laughs> that's why you hire us. <laughs> so, you know, I, as I had mentioned before, I have done the business of design program with Kimberly Selden. She's a famous Canadian designer and she runs a program called business of design. And it, when you come out of design school, they do not teach you how to run a business. They teach you, you know, colors and scale and, you know, traffic flow and how to design a kitchen and bathroom and all that drawings, but they don't teach you how to run a business. And, you know, as I said before, like the business side is like 80% and the creative side is only about 20. So, I took Kimberly's program and it has changed my business dramatically, not only in uh, how I run projects, um, client satisfaction, but also in my own profitability. Uh, okay. So getting to this issue, <laughs> we have a specific 15 step pro like system for running any project. Right. So, and I try not to veer from that, but once you stray from that system, things can go wrong. So in this particular situation, a client who I'd been working with said, okay, we're doing our kitchen, but we've already got the plans. We just want you to look at them. And because I didn't design the kitchen and I wasn't fully immersed in the project, I was only brought in just to make, oh, you know, recommendations. Right. They weren't taking my advice on some situation, on some things. This is particularly where they were putting the counter, the bar sink in this okay. kitchen, huge kitchen here in Lawrence park. So they had a 10 foot Island. The main sink was going in the Island. And then they had a bar sink next to the stove, you know, on the range wall. Right. And I was not fully involved and they asked me to recommend the plumbing. So I, you know, I got, uh, had the plans and I'm looking at the plans and I see the sink cabinet is 30 inches, which is massive for a sink for a bar cabinet, sorry, for a bar sink. Yeah, that is big. The range wall. It's a 30 inch cabinet. So I thought, oh, you can put a, th we always, my thought is always, we put the largest sink in possible for the sink cabinet. Why would I put a 15 inch sink in a 30 inch cabinet? Right? right. So I recommended a 27 inch because I'm not fully invested in this project. It was like, okay, we'll do 27 inch. They ordered a 27 inch sink. They did not recommend, they did not end up putting it where I had recommended to put the sink. It was uh -oh. too close to an appliance cabinet. So the millwork came right down to the side of the sink Oh, and the cap, the, yeah, it got templated for the countertops, porcelain countertops. I think the, um, the countertop 
quote for this particular job was $44,000. So when it was a slab that went up the backsplash, they had waterfalls um, edges on the island. So it's like a lot of porcelain. The porcelain's an expensive material. So on this back wall, they, and it, thank God it was my, it's a long story, but they ended up using my uh, stone fabricator because right. the contractor didn't have a stone fabricator that can cut porcelain. So are you sure you want to hear this whole story? Because it's long. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm listening to the price tab of uh, $44,000. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is I know. Okay. So they, Holy. We got this 27 inch sink on site, which the inside measurement is 25 inches. You know, it's a nice size the supplementary sink, which I thought they wanted because she approved it as well. Anyway, it goes in and my clients uh, and and even the guy who uh, my clients who are the stone fabricator, he was like, oh, it's really kind of close to the appliance garage or which is the millwork comes right down to the countertop. And I was like, okay, so that's what they wanted. And the sink shouldn't be there in the first place, but that's their decision. My client calls me and says, there's why is the sink so big? We don't want this. So basically I, you know, ultimately I had to take responsibility for this. We had to pull out that countertop. I said, well, we have to pull out the countertop and put a smaller sink in and guess who had to pay for that? Me. Yours truly. I know Yeah, that that happens. That's that's one of the things that happened. Yes. Yeah. And it was a small section of the, thank God, a small section of the countertop. It was, you know, it cost me $4,000 to replace this portion of it. And then I also had to buy them a new sink. <laughs> and that was a considerable them. amount of money, even though, you know, a lot of money inside of your pocket too. Right. Totally. Right. And, yeah. uh, but I was like, well, you have to make things right. And I would, of course I owned up to it. I'm like, ultimately it was my mistake, but the problem was I was not fully invested in this because I didn't do the design and it was, we were not following the path of my system, of me being fully involved with this kitchen project, or else this would not have happened. And so I blame myself, right? So why did I let them say, oh, no, we only need your advice on this. And then I got, I got burned in the end. Yeah. Right. Oh, I I, I feel for you. I I completely understand. Yeah. So that that happens to us too. Don't stray from that path a hundred percent because you regret it. I regret it big time. Do not let clients push you to do something you're not comfortable with. Okay. We only want advice on these few things. Well, yeah, it's true. You know, and, and clients, they do uh, persist. Like they ask us, they'll see something um, in a magazine or on Instagram and I, I I'll investigate and I say, well, listen, this product is used in hot places like Florida or, or, you know, (laughs) Barbados and yeah. uh, it's not going to work here. I guarantee yeah. there's going to be structural failure within a year, if not six months. Yeah. And they say, oh, but I really like it. I love it. Yeah. Now, at the beginning, you kind of like bow down to that uh, client pressure, right? You want to yeah. keep them happy. But exactly. like you said, the moment you stray from your uh, formula, your proven uh, way of doing things, that's when you're going to regret it. So uh, one instant, we, 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 created this design for a person down in your area. Um, so on the bridal path, one of the uh, very, very expensive areas of Toronto. Yeah. And uh, 
and we told them this is going to happen guaranteed. And they said, Oh, don't worry about it. If something happens, we'll take full responsibility. We won't bother you or anything like that. I kid you not within six months, they started having issues, which we had told them and they completely said, no, this is unacceptable. You know, you should have known. And they kind of bent and twisted long story short, The same thing I said to them, listen, this is the type of design I recommend that will uh, outlast and and, and be a very good product. And honestly, if you don't like the design, I'm willing to pay for uh, another manufacturer to put something that you like. Mm -hmm. So they they ended up going for option two and Mm -hmm. we ended up paying for it. And then again, within six months, they called me. And I said, well, I can't help you this time. I I gave you option one of the design that I thought would be perfect for your situation, but you had me purchase, uh, you know, a competitor's product. You thought it was superior. And then when it failed, why did you call me? Why didn't you call the manufacturer? Well, the manufacturer didn't even want to hear about it. They just took the money, said, thank you very much. And um, one thing I find uh, for longevity in any business is you have to take responsibility. And you know what? If you make a mistake, you own up to it because that creates uh, credibility and respect with uh, customers. And and most of my customers are like you. They are um, long term. It's not just one sale of product and buy, have a nice life. No, I have to deal with you. And and I love dealing with professionals like you because we were just straight up. And, and I think that would be my advice for young entrepreneurs. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Okay. So I wanted to ask you about the design industry is ever evolving uh, with new trends, technologies constantly emerging. Mm-hmm. I don't know how on earth you stay up to date and ensure your designs remain fresh and relevant in this dynamic landscape. Do you mind explaining that? You know why? Because we're in it day to day. I'm going to showrooms on a pretty regular basis. We're in touch with our reps um, regularly and they will always point out anything new that's coming. Um, and, you know, If we ever have some quiet time, let's say we don't have anything in the schedule for an afternoon or Caitlin and I would go out and say, okay, let's, we call it a field trip. Let's go on a field trip and we'll go to some of our favorite showrooms and say, okay, show us what's new out here. Um, Yeah. So that, I mean, I, Instagram is also, you know, you can see trends happening on Instagram, uh, you know, clients, what they like, you know, we can explore certain things. Um, Yeah. Clients sometimes drive us to find new product as well. Uh, So a combination of all of those things, for sure. Your, your passion for transforming spaces and creating beautiful interiors really shines through in your work. Could you tell us about a project that was particularly fulfilling and brought you a great sense of accomplishment? Yeah, actually, we just completed a project in Mississauga, um, and I just, it was the best project I've ever done, I would have to say. It's, uh, these clients hired me through, I I was referred to them from a contractor I was working with here in uh, Midtown, and uh, they didn't know me, they had only seen a little bit on my website, and and I went for the initial consultation, we really clicked, and it was a full uh, gut 
renovation of this 6,000 square foot house on this acre property was absolutely, it's absolutely stunning. And uh, the clients had the money to spend. This was also lovely. And we we're fully on the same page with design aesthetic. So we really clicked. Um, they did the full turnkey. So uh, right down to the last throw pillow, we did the entire house top to bottom. And we just had that photographed. So um, I had to do that in two sessions because the house was so large. I had it styled with a professional stylist and my professional photographer just completed that. And we're actually submitting that to be public, um, to be published. Uh, so fingers crossed on that one, but I, that's, that's great. There, and I can't wait to I, see it. For I, sure. <laughs> I have the photos. I'm dying to share them on Instagram, but I can't right now. So if you're submitting for publication, you can't share the photos on your website makes or sense. on Instagram. Yeah. And we just submitted, I think two weeks ago. However, when I walk into this house, I am just absolutely blown away. I'm like, I can't believe I actually, that I did this. And, yeah. you know, for a designer to see something that they, you know, went from your mind to drawings and then implemented you know, and, uh, and then your clients are living in it and really happy with it. I mean, they love their house and they're really, really happy with our work. I mean, it's most fulfilling for us. The most fulfilling thing ever is to see that from the mind to actually turning into a finished home. That's amazing. And I'm, I'm getting chills. Thrilled. I guess I, I have that similar experience too. Yeah. Uh, I, I got that feeling when um, I saw you, you tagged us on your post about Lawrence Crescent um, yeah. and it was uh, featured in uh, homes magazine, best of Ontario. We had yeah. uh, supplied you with a single panel shaker doors Yes. and the blue that you used in that house was just so uplifting. Amazing. It, 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 it just, you know, brightens your spirits. If you're coming home from maybe a, a tough day at work and you walk into that house, it was yeah. just like, it was breathtaking. It was just yeah. so, so nice. That project actually was very fulfilling as well. I mean, that house went from, and they were friends of mine actually. So that was, uh, and that was during COVID. We did that project. Wow. But uh, that that was transformed. Like her house before was really, <laughs> it was really dated and it was very dramatic before and after. Um, and they, those clients were so appreciative and trusting just like the ones in Mississauga. Again, that is the formula for success, I have to say, right? Oh, I'm of course. happy. They're happy. You know, it's, it's a winning combination. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, and I think that project, uh, the one at Lawrence Crescent was a little bit more challenging the fact that when you're working for friends or family, you wow. must have had incredible pressure because if it doesn't turn out the way, you know, they were envisioning it, it could also jeopardize uh, your relationship with them. Yeah. I, I made sure that that would not happen. That's good. You know, That's, right. Yeah. Of so course. you try, make sure that will not happen at all. So, um, hmm. that's, that's great. So it was uh, our homes magazine, by the way, not homes magazine, our, uh, our, our homes, homes magazine. Yes. That's our Ontario. Homes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's yeah. put that our homes magazine of Ontario. Uh, best of Ontario. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. If anybody searches uh, online, I'm sure they'll still see that or, uh, on, on, uh, your social media, which will uh, let everybody know at the end. Yeah. And it's on my website as well. Perfect. Mm -hmm. um, so your journey from, uh, we're going back to your real estate days 
uh, yeah. to interior design. Like, and then we also added a third career uh, dental hygienist, which kind of really blew me away. Yes. So if you have like one thing I really want to encourage young women is I want them to find the right career path the first time around, because mm. I'm finding a lot of women like myself. I started as a high school teacher and then found out afterwards that I, it just wasn't for me. And I kind of changed it around. I would have really changed uh, my um, direction with uh, educational background and, and career choice. So I want to save young women with that. Um, what advice would you give them when they are considering, um, you know, solidifying a career later on in, you know, uh, a senior years of high school? What should they think about? It's, you know, it really is hard to know what you want to do when you're that age, to be honest. But I, the only advice I would say is really just follow your passion, right? Whatever you love to do in your free time, go that route because you will do well in it, right? If you love it, you know, and sometimes I guess, you know, if you're considering doing interior, going into interior design or real estate or or construction. I mean, there should be more women in construction. Actually. I, I agree. <laughs> you know, I actually thought about maybe rolling into being a general contractor, right? Because uh, yeah, actually a niche, there's only 5% of women in, in Canada that are actually in construction. Yeah. So there is a huge, huge need. And there's uh, a lot of government programs yeah. that are just opening the doors. Uh, they're paying yeah. for your education and uh, providing you with, with a job as soon as you have uh, have the acquired skills needed to go on site. Yeah. But okay. So, I mean, it's a thought that I had, but if you're thinking about any of these fields, I would reach out to someone like myself, a business owner and say, you know what, can I just see, you know, follow you around or like how go take me for a coffee or a glass of wine. And we can talk about how you get into the field. Right. I actually had a girlfriend who is like that double PhD <laughs> and she messaged me and she said, uh, I want to talk to you about going into interior design. I was like, wait a minute. Why <laughs> you have a double PhD really? U of T as a researcher. Anyway, she just, it needs to follow that. She loves it. And she's been, she had renovated several homes of her own. She's really talented. And I just kind of gave her direction on how to start a business. Right. Um, you know, and if you want to hear my advice for her, because she's sure uh, she's in her forties, um, you know, and has two kids and has renovated two homes. And I said to her, you know, the best thing to do at this age. And I think this, this is what I did for myself when I started my business four years ago, start photographing your own work. So start with that and it will snowball, work on your Instagram page, create a website, and then start you know, sh start showcasing your work to your friends and your family, right? Because they're the ones that are coming into your home. And oh my God, Sarah, or sorry, I shouldn't have said her name. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's my name. There is a lot of uh, women with similar names. So don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, what your house is so beautiful and just say, well, you know what, I'm just starting my interior design business. And, you know, maybe we could talk about how I could help you with your project. I also recommend that, you know, she take the uh, business of design with Kimberly Selden. She could do the interior design program at, or decorating program at George Brown or a similar college, that kind of thing. But uh, I would say for young people is to go and speak to somebody that's in the field, pick their brain. We're happy to 
I was really, really, cause I love what I do so much. I was so excited to talk to her about her starting her career. Right. And I would be happy to do that with anybody. So right. there are a lot of women that would support you. Um, if you, you know, asked if you could take them for a glass of wine, probably more appealing than a coffee. <laughs> Of course. Yeah, I think so too. Especially and, and, for us and, older gals. Right? Yeah. yeah, we'd enjoy that after a long day's yeah. work for sure. Maybe yes. we'll do that sometime. Yeah. Um, I was, you know what, you hit the nail on the head, what you said about uh, it's not only young women that are just trying to find themselves in a specific career, but the, the, one of the missions of this podcast is also to let women who are perhaps in a career right now. Mm -hmm. And they're not enjoying it. They're not having the best life possible. And like you said earlier, you got to be passionate about something. Can you actually see something um, that you're doing for the rest of your life? And if, if you can't envision that, then you know what? That's probably a strong indicator that this career is not for you. And you should really, really yeah. dig deep on, on your yes. past. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I am 100% in agreement on that. Um, networking and building professional relationships are mm -hmm. often emphasized as crucial for career growth. How has your networking played a pivotal role in your journey as an entrepreneur and full service designer? And what advice do you have for women looking to expand their network exclusively? Like you mentioned, uh, Kimberly Seldom, which would probably be a terrific uh, resource, but anyone else that comes to mind? Um, well, that was for the program that she offered right. in terms of networking. For when I started my business, it was really kind of advertising what I what I had done personally through family and friends. And then in terms of running, so that's how I kind of started getting clients. And then in terms of the day-to-day, -day, I want to say trade relationships are so important. Um, I'm very, very loyal to, uh, the companies that I work with my suppliers. Right. Um, yeah. And they end up or like contractors. Okay. So I have my two favorite contractors. They refer me business. I refer them business and same with my suppliers. When you build strong trade relationships with your suppliers, I mean, is, is key. And, and also for delivering customer exceptional customer service. Right. Right. I go to the same suppliers for everything. If I need doors, I go to Royal Tour. Right? Thank you. Appreciate that. Yes. Yeah. For example. And right? we do so the same thing. We we do the referrals. That That yes. is very, very important. Um, anybody yeah. in the Toronto area or like you said, Collingwood that are struggling yeah. with uh, interior design yeah. and you know, maybe a renovation or a new build and, and you're willing to go there now that I've learned something that you do travel which yeah. is incredible because some uh, designers, they only stay in a geographical area, but you're willing to yeah. move around well, and, and that that's great. I mean, it's because I have, uh, I have a property in, uh, in near Collingwood. So I had a ski club up there and it's just, it, again, it was people coming over to my ski chalet and saying, Oh, I love this. You should help me with mine. Right. So that's, that's how great. you get. <laughs> and then also advertising on social media. Like I have to say, a ton of my business, the majority of my business comes through Instagram. Okay. And then we'll check out my website and then things snowball from there or referrals from friends who say, Oh, you should check out Karen's Instagram. Instagram has been a huge tool for me, for my business. And it's free. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a very good uh, social media platform to get yourself out there. I I agree yeah. also. Yeah, um, and we hashtags. found new clients too. The hashtag. Yeah, um, and so, tagging my suppliers, right? So you share my photos, right. and I'll share yours. I'll promote Royal Door. You promote Karen Cole Interiors, and that's how it gets going. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's excellent advice. So yeah. Karen, um, you did mention where our listeners can find you on social media, but uh, specifically where can they, what's, what's your hashtag on Instagram and your website? So website is www.karencolbinteriors.com and Instagram is at Karen Kolb Interiors. Karen with an I. K-A-R-I-N. <laughs> Hey, oh, and we'll put that in the show notes so that uh, people can check on the spelling. But um, yes. that those are the places you can find Karen if you are uh, need help in pursuing mm-hmm. a career or becoming an, uh, an entrepreneur. Uh, she can give you some real estate tips or interior design, as well as anyone interested in hiring a top-notch interior designer. You will not be disappointed. Thank you so much for being uh, a guest on the old podcast. And uh, I really look forward to working with you on future projects and uh, perhaps uh, seeing your your next edition on the cover of a magazine. That was very exciting. Um, Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. And I hope uh, they share this episode uh, so others can uh, tune in as well. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss out on future shows. And make sure you come and interact with me over on Instagram. The hashtag is OnlyWomenEntrepreneurs. And if you require further information or guidance for career selection or starting up your own business, be sure to look me up on my website, OnlyWomenEntrepreneurs.com, where I offer individualized training and business programs, as well as personal development. I'm so excited to connect uh, with uh, my audience on my next podcast where I will be featuring another top-notch entrepreneur. Her specialty is the distilling of spirits. Thank you and have a great day.